Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Well, this is the uh, the Piggy Sports Review from doing it from the Piggy Palace here in Sandringham, and it's what really is going to be an important day for the country. What a difference two weeks makes. Obviously, we're going to be waiting on the announcement from the Prime Minister on which levels we go to. Um, so I know it's hard for people out there, especially people probably worried about their jobs, their businesses, but, hey, let's see what we can do to, just to keep you entertained, listen to a bit of sports. And my first guest I'd like to welcome on the line is my good buddy, Bernie McCarthy, part of that 1987 World Cup All Blacks winning team. How are you, Bernie? Thank you. I'm living the dream, mate. How are you doing? Mate... It, it's it's been a bit of a been a bit of a, whole, uh, a hard couple of weeks, but you know we're getting through it as best we can, as we always do. Um, we just have to just keep on um, keep on marching on, Bernie. That's and that's the way it goes, buddy. But um, I, I, before I start, I'm actually there was a Facebook pay there was a Facebook post on um, on Saturday sent by your ex your um, your ex All Black mate Graham Purvis. Of, you on the 1992 tour in France with a lot, lot of, let's say, very expensive wine. Can you tell us more about that? Well, um, I think it was two days before the last test in 90, and the uh, after training, the dirty duties had to go up to uh, Moan Chandon for lunch. So uh, we had a different wine with every course, and so there's about seven different courses, so that was pretty good, and we made a rule. You had to finish the glass in front of you before you got your next glass. And uh, they all gave us a bottle of Moan Channel for the whole team, uh, which was 30-plus bottles, to uh, go back with. And halfway back, we decided we were thirsty, so we started cracking them open in the bus, and it was a couple of hours on the bus. It was a pretty good trip, I'll tell you. Oh, yeah, it looked like a very good trip. I, I, would, I would suspect there would have been a lot of sore heads the next day. Obviously, Super Rugby over. We, we now turn our attention to the North-South game. Um, Thank goodness common sense has prevailed that they've delayed it by a week, obviously waiting on the announcements from the Prime Minister. Um, looking at the two teams, two very, very evenly matched teams, um, North will probably have the side advantage. What, 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 who, who, what's the starting line-up you would, be, you would have for the North team at, at this stage, at this time? Because you have a look at right across the board, they have the um, outstanding... Uh, and exciting outside backs. They have a fantastic loose forward trio. You know, the North have to go in as favourites. Yeah, they've got a pretty good lineup, all right. Um, you know, right through the team. So, uh, who do you start? Who's number one there for the North? You'd have Dan Coles with Alpha Tunga Fuzzy. Uh, probably. Uh, Dan, Nicole... Just quickly, quickly, Bernie. Dane Coles is out, so uh, you're probably looking at Muir from Wellington. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, well that'll he'll he'll do all right. Um, I'm picking this Carl or Carl Tuinafaki, or who's the other one at uh, Lucy? It's probably Carl, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably Carl, and you're probably talking offer at uh, the other yeah, as the other definitely. prop. And big Pat, and, the captain. Uh, there's there's no doubt he's taken one of the spots. Um, and Scott he'll Stratton. Clean that up. Yes, and the loose forwards will be the interesting one, won't it? Like, oh yeah. Uh, you know, I've got to say I'm been a fan of Hoskins, but Akira's done well in the last uh, couple of weeks at Super Rugby, so that's. That's a big decision, and whether they can play them at eight and six, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, because there's your mate uh, Bosch. Uh, what's his name? Bosher. Lock, Lock, and Bosher. Oh yeah. Yep. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's my new attraction now, Lock and Beauchere. Is he's the yep. guy's so good, mate? Yeah. Yep. And, and then, uh, probably Dalton Papalini or um, is Dylan Hunt available for North or South? No, no, no. He's in the South team. I'll talk talk about the South team in a minute. Um, yeah, you probably have he, also uh, got Artie Severe there as well too. Yeah, Artie's a tough one. Do you, do you start him at seven or do you bring him off the bench? He's one of those uh, ones I'm not sure about, but maybe for the experience you put him in at seven and, and bring Dalton off the bench. Yes, you're possibly looking at that. You, you know, they've got a they've got a bevy of um, bevy of a loose forward of a loose forward trio there. I would say obviously the backs you've got you've got Aaron Smith and TJ Perinara, which who will be contesting that halfback spot. Well, Aaron was probably the standout player for me at uh, Super Rugby, so I, you know, and he is the uh, number one in the country. So you'd start him. You put Bowden at ten. Um, now, in midfield, you've got uh, Anton Leonard-Brown to go with uh, with uh, Rico Ioani. Yep. Um, you put Talia on one wing. Now, Sebu Reese is available for the North, isn't he? Uh, yes, he is. Him and uh, Matt Talia probably on the wing, and then at fullback, Geordie South, isn't he? Yeah, uh, no, Geordie South. So you've probably got Damien McKenzie. I was just going to say to you while I've got you here, what about young Caleb Clark? Well, yeah, look, um, <laughs> he's got to be in the mix. He's he's in a super season, but I think I'd go to Leah and Sebu Reese to start and, um, and bring Caleb off the bench, just give him some of that uh, experience for the last 20 minutes or something like that. And obviously D-Mac at fullback, Damien McKenzie. Yep. That, that, that's a really good North Island side, and they're obviously going to go in favourites. The South Island side, which I'll, I'll pick being a, being a mainlander, you obviously would probably put Geordie at fullback, Geordie Barrett. You're probably looking at Will Jordan and George Bridge. Midfield combination of Enor, the Crusaders. Midfield combination, Enor, Goodhue. First five eight, I would obviously Mwanga. Halfback, now that was an interesting call because Brad Weber and Finley Christie are both available for the, um, are both available for the South. I'm going to go with Finley Christie because I think outside of Aaron Smith and TJ, he's been the real form halfback, Bernie. Yeah, he, he um, he's learned his game pretty well, hasn't he? And he's uh, he's running really good lines to get those inside passes. He's a he, um, standout player for sure. Yeah, but obviously the loose forward trio I'd probably go for Reese Princess. Um, Dylan Hunt will probably take the open side flank with Shannon Frizzell at lock. Obviously, it's a very under underrated. Um, Underrated uh, combination there. Now, as far as the locks go, Sam Whitelock, no problem. Mitchell Dunsay, obviously got in there due, probably would have gets a nod due to Perry Perry Parkinson's injury, which yeah. is a real shame because I really wanted to see how he'd go at that level. Yeah, um, I, I, I would have been picking him before the injury, absolutely. Oh, yeah. He, he, you probably would pick him in an all black squad. Yeah. Uh, and a big squad, absolutely. Then you're probably talking Joe Moody, Nipula Lala, just over Tyrell Lomax and Cody Taylor. So that's really going to be a good match. And hopefully, um, obviously, it may not be at Eden Park, depending on what the alert levels are going to be, Bernie. Um, but I would say it's it's probably going to be in Wellington. So isn't it good to bring this tradition back into New Zealand rugby? Oh, it's wonderful. It was um, it was a big part. Like it kind of just finished at the start of my time, so it never really continued. We went more to a regional uh, thing. Yeah. There's northern yeah. region, central region, and south. 
Um, but it's great to see it back. It was always something that I looked forward to as a young, young, you know, 10, 12, teenage kind of kid coming up. It was um, one of the real grudge matches, really, wasn't it? It was, uh, it was oh, bragging yeah, rights for the next year, for sure. Yeah, and of course, the South Island always loved to get it over the North Island, didn't they? <laughs> didn't happen you know, very like, often, right? You probably could think about the eighty-two, the 1982, when uh, basically the South Island side was basically made up of guys from Canterbury, Nelson Bays, Mid-Canterbury, South Canterbury, Otago, the old South Island, and, and they beat the mighty North. That was That's going back a while. Bernie, we were having a quick uh, chat. You know, you played with some wonderful players over the years. Um, just give us some of the players you would say have been some of the, you know, a, a few players that you believe have been special players, either with Auckland or with the All Blacks from your time with Auckland, eighty-four to ninety-two, and with that, and with that, with the All Blacks, eighty-seven to ninety-one. So, who, who would you rate as some of the best players you've had? Well, first of all, uh, I was so lucky to play in an era with with some of our all-time greats. And, and trying to break that down to a handful of players is tough, but my two favourite players of all time are Zinzan Brook and John Kewen. Um, yep. Mostly for what they could do uh, that other people just couldn't do. So they're definitely in the top two, and it's very hard to go past Sir Michael Jones. Um, just an absolute freak. Uh, yep. No one got past him. He, he was as, le- as athletic as all the backs. He could run, run like a winger and had the skill factor, so uh, you know he's definitely up there in that top three. And, and then it gets interesting after that. Um, I'll be a big fan of Grant Fox, um, the master yes. tactician. Uh, you know he he got Auckland out of trouble by himself on a number of occasions, and we won games because he took over and just controlled where the game was played, and that got us back into the game. And then we ended up winning games. So people like him uh, just you know. Just absolutely vital to any team, and I'd put him up there in the top five. I want to chuck one out of the box at you, which is Hugo Porter, who I was lucky enough to play with uh, wow. the New Zealand Barbarians tour of New oh, Zealand. Oh, wow. He you was know, fantastic. Um, yeah, mate. He was, Jeez. You know, when you think I never knew it, you played with Hugo Porter. Mate. Yeah, him and um, Fabian Tunes came over and toured with the New Zealand team. We did a bit of a mid-North Island trip around Hawke's Bay and, and the East yeah. Coast and... Um, finished up on the Waikato, so that was pretty cool. And he's a super guy, and when you think he was Mr. Argentina for so many years, you know, uh, he, he held that team together. He got a draw out of the All Blacks uh, all by himself. I think he got, you know, a couple of drop kicks and a few penalties. Yep. Uh, and he's the one Fantastic who could juggle a ball on his foot the length of a rugby field. And he's the one who taught us to try and practice our, our drop kicks over the post from the corner flag. So you had no angle at all. You just had to try and kill one round between the sticks. And um, all those little things gave us challenges. And I and I often think back on what a super guy he was and a super player. Well, you, you know, Hugo Porter is an absolute legend. And, you know, part of that, it was Hugo Porter and a, and a grizzly front row that was that Argentinian side back in the 80s. I have to say, Bernie, it's been an absolute pleasure, as always, talking to you, my old mate. Um, now, one of the things we've got to get on this year, now, you, can you tell us a few more tales during the year about some of the sh- some of the, some of the funny stuff that you saw happen on tour? Obviously, certain things you probably can't, but, you know, some of the, some of the great stories, because, you know, you, you're part of an era that was... Um, 
that was part of uh, that was part of um, that that era. So yeah, and Bernie, I'll um, I'll love you and leave you. We'll just head to a bit of music there. Uh, young Paul's in the studio. He's doing a fantastic job for us. So let's hit some music and we'll try and get someone on next. Okay, Frank Endicott. Thanks, Bernie. Two, three, four. Lunchtime and we're still not dressed. All the old folks in the Sunday best. Last night thinks that you're awake. You feel it every step you take. And the smile I can suddenly see. So much clearer than I did before. You can take credit. Take a bath, we're opening up my heart somehow like a window. Doorway, you catch yourself always looking out on Monday like a window, just like a doorway. But you catch yourself always. I don't care what the weatherman said, we'll stay right here in bed. Sound of Of all of the places we should be I told you a little white lie today You said I don't care what people say Only hurts when you recognize Your failures in your lover's eyes Like a window Just like a doorway You find yourself falling Looking out on Monday Like a window Or just like a doorway You catch yourself falling Monday, that was Greg Johnson. And on the line, our NRL specialist, uh, former Kiwis and Warriors, Warriors coach, and a, a man that um, I was able to have a week off dur- during this lockdown, Mr. Endicott, Frank, how the hell are you? 
And one of the and, and I tell you what the Isaac's a yo fantastic kick out, always fantastic. But this guy Martin, I felt he had a brilliant game. He set up a couple of good tries there. Well, you must be reading my notes too, because um, you know that was another clinical uh, Panther performance, and they absolutely destroyed the Sharks. And and you're right, Nathan Cleary again was the linchpin. Um, but the great display in that comes from the, the back row, Liam Martin. He was, um, as you're right, you mentioned, though, they all played well. Everyone on that team is playing their, their role well. Um, but that Liam Martin had an outstanding game, and he would have been my player of the match. He's not, he's not a big fella, but he runs so strong, and he's tough, uh, and he's got skill, and uh, very impressive. Yeah, really, really, really strong performance there. Obviously, St George had a... Um had a solid win over the Broncos, a fantastic try by the Broncos centre. I just can't think of his name at the moment, but it was a fantastic uh, try. Stags. Yeah, Stags, that was it. Sorry, Frank, yeah. just not on my yeah. game today. Um, yeah. Raiders, obviously, were too good for the Titans. The Roosters, really too good for the Tigers. Um, obviously, the obviously the top eight are beginning to make a gap, but I think the performance of the week, from what I could see, was South Sydney over Manly. Manly have got a lot of issues, a lot of injuries, but Souths were really outstanding. Obviously, we speak about Latrell Mitchell, and we speak about um, Adam Reynolds, but um, Damien Cook, was, I thought, was quite brilliant. Um, the, he, he was quite brilliant with Summers' run from dummy half. His passing was, was clinical. Yeah, he, he played very well, and he led from that hooker position. He's a very talented player, isn't he? And, you know, if there's any tiredness around that ruck defence, he's the one that's going to exploit it. He's, uh, he's got great speed from dummy half, great acceleration. And, uh, yeah, he, you're, you're right, he led the way. But what a what a great performance by South Sydney. That's their best performance of the year by far. Um, but let's face it, they're up against a pretty depleted team of Manly some of these teams are really getting hit. Well, I've never seen so many injuries in the NRL season as I'm seeing now. Obviously, the COVID breakers, obviously, where they've had that break, and it's possibly there's been a lot more injuries post. It's been post this COVID um, break. It's, and I suppose fitness might be an issue with some of them, Frank. You know, they are professionals, but obviously when you're not really doing, having that physical one-on-one contact, the injuries are actually um, coming quite quickly. Yeah, they are, they are Raymond. If I could just make a, a quick um, comment on the Raiders game. Did you see um, yeah. the prop Josh Parthilly, uh, Papa Ely chasing down the Titans halfback Jamal Fogarty? I did see that, and I... I mean, the 60 metres he chased him and caught him and saved a certain try. I thought it was one of the performances, the personal performances of the weekend. Uh, Now, could he have seen someone like Ross Taylor have done that when you coached him at Hornby? Yeah, I could have. Ross was as tough as they come. He he was like granite, Ross. He was a very good, consistent prop, and he ended up playing for the Kiwis, of course. Yes, he scored a brilliant try in that match in the uh, 1987 defeat. Yeah, I was just going to yeah. say, just on obviously the the Knights had a, a bit of a tough one against the um, the Cowboys. A bit of concern with them with uh, an ACL injury to Blake Green, and yeah. obviously yeah. they've got the Warriors up next. Yeah, they have, and um, I don't think Blake, Blake Green is going to be playing for the rest of the season. From what I hear, um, I hope he does, but it's not looking good for the Knights. 
And you're right, they've got the Warriors next week. Um, that'll be a good game. But it was an average performance by the Knights, I thought. They had so much territorial advantage. They had so much yeah. ball. But they were still good enough to win in a scrappy game. Um, Jason Tamalolo went off of the leg injury too. I think a calf. And if it is a calf, if he's ripped, he could be out for a few weeks too. Well, well, that that would be a big loss for, for the Cowboys yeah. as, as he's, he's as he is their their marquee player, and obviously we'll, we'll be talking uh, down the track about a potential Kiwi side. Just um, any, see, we might as well talk about we might as well talk about get into the fun part of it. List, we've got the Warriors versus the Knights. Can the Warriors do it, Frank? You mean uh, next week against the Knights? Um, yep. Yeah, they're at home. At their home, well, their home <laughs> home ground in Australia. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Well, the way they're playing, they're going to be a chance for sure. Um, if I, it, I, I would rate it most probably a uh, a fifty-fifty game. Uh, but I think when you look at the brilliance of the fullback uh, for Newcastle, he's the sort of bloke oh, that could standard, be the difference. Yeah. But, but we've we got a pretty good good fullback too. But. Uh, I'll tell you what, I would, if I had to have a bet, I'd go to the Knights in a, in a close one. Okay, so can we confirm this? Because I've given you the first pick, because you told me off about uh, picking, <laughs> picking first, and, uh, and I try to say what's my show, my rules. But so yeah. you'll t- uh, Okay, so I'll take the Warriors on this, and I'm going to tell you why. I just think there is there's some momentum building there, and there is a real sense of belief at the moment within this side. And, you know, a lot of them are now playing for contracts. They're playing for their careers. Nathan Brown's going to come in, and and obviously they want to impress the new coach. And I just, I just feel that, you know, that there seems that they're beginning to have a little bit, of, a bit of hate to say this word, culture, but the culture, it looks really good at the moment there. Yeah, well, I, 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 that, that credit's got to go to the... Um to the interim coach, of course. I think he's. Um, I think he's doing a very good job. But he's made them a tougher outfit. That's for sure. Um, oh, he certainly has. Yeah, and I'm just wondering whether he's actually regretting now not when he pulled his hat out of the ring because um, you know he hasn't got a job as yet for next year. But I think the way he's going, maybe the Cowboys could be interested in him. Um, but nothing's done there yet. But uh, yeah, 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 very good. It, it, I don't doubt you. Know, I think it's going to be a very good game. I think um, they've got the toughest to uh, hang in there, where they've got that little bit of extra brilliance against the Knights. Uh, remains to be seen. Yeah, well, obviously, Callum Ponga will, will make a big difference in that Knights. But I'm just going to be Blake Green's injury obviously puts more pressure on Mitchell Pearce and yes. obviously the clash between Pearce. Obviously, we hopefully, you know, no offence, no offence to Paul Turner. Hopefully, we have uh, to beat a Harris back next week, and I, I just, mm. I just believe that. And with the way Tohu Harris and the way that pack's playing, I just think we've got a really great chance. Frank, I have to say, it is always a pleasure. Um, at the moment, you're leading, I think it's 5-1 in our little, um, <laughs> our little, little bet. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to those beers. Yeah, I actually got told that I should leave the booze out of the show, but just that will end up going there. Anyway, um, <laughs> Hopefully Auckland's in level two and the rest of the country's in level one. We've obviously got the Prime Minister coming up soon, but next up I've got a mate of yours, a guy you know well, Brenda McNeese, doing our football. Oh, fantastic. That's for my regards. Yeah. 
I will indeed. Okay, thank yeah. you very much, Frank. Well, let's go and put on a bit of music. Next up, we have Brenda McNeese. Jailbreak by Finn Lizzie, and of course on the line next up I have I hate, this is the part I always hate, 2006 Sports Broadcaster of the Year along with Hamish Mackay and Sports Confidential which was on the former Radio Live he was he was that confident he didn't even turn up to the ceremony <laughs> Mr McNeese, how the hell are you? <laughs> I'm great, but song that Jailbreak by uh, Sid Lizzie. I've always wondered, you know, the, the lyric, um, tonight there's going to be a jailbreak somewhere in this town. Do you think it might be the jail? 
think it might be, yeah. Yeah, it might be. It's now got me. It's now got me. It's now got me. Uh, now got me very interested and off track. Anyway, anyway, we'll, <laughs> en- enough of the uh, en- enough of the BS, Bel- and banter. Let's get on to a bit of football. Champions League this morning. I, I while I was working from home as I am at the moment, I was basically um, I was looking at that as well as looking at the Indy Five Hundred. Uh, Kingsley, uh, Coleman, goal really separated. It actually looked like a really good match, Brendan. What, what was your thoughts on it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it really was. <laughs> I suppose the cynic in me was seeing Neymar Jr. crying was uh, absolutely fantastic. That was both its weight and goals. But uh, on a more serious note, uh, Bayern Munich, you know, Champions of Europe now. Really, it's just the first time since 2013, but the sixth time in their illustrious history. And, uh, you know, we predicted this on, on your show, Eamon, uh, three, four weeks ago, that the Baron yes. would go all the way. And, and, and yeah, they, have done it in, they, they have done it in style. And, um, they, yeah, they, they are a fantastic side. They're, they're not just the German efficiency side, like the, what, what they would t- typically uh, sort of coin... With, with the German sort of efficient style, but they're also very, very polished and accomplished, aren't they? Yeah. And, and, yeah, and, and, and to put that side away, Paris Saint-Germain and the money that they have spent is testament Which is to huge Europe. money, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 money. It's, it's like Manchester City money, basically. Right. And, of course, when you when, when you have a look at the, the front three of Di Maria, Neymar and uh, Mbappé, but... Mumbai, you, you think to yourself, "Oh, how how, how good is this side?" But obviously, I always think that PSG are the biggest underachievers in the most mm-hmm. when it comes to European football. Oh, they're well, like Manchester City, but at least they <laughs> made a final. At least, at least, and they, of, of course, even um, another no cigar year for the Wellington Phoenix and the. Look, yes, I, I, I was just going to speak to you on that. I, I really mm. think they really missed an out-and-out striker, Brendan. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And and look, really, there was no momentum with them. The, the writing was on the wall, the, the way they limped into the playoffs, and the, they just had no momentum, no home fans. And I suppose to some degree it, it's uh, totally understandable. Uh, but uh, hopefully, hopefully if we get back to... Um, some sort of normality next year. That uh, oh, we're hoping, yeah. We, yeah, we've got a savvy coach, uh, and we've got a good foundation there. So, like, I'm, I'm just really hoping that next year is the year, without sounding like uh, the, the old Liverpool cliche, Liverpool next year. <laughs> yeah, well, well, what was I going to say to you? When I, when I looked at that match, and because I stayed home on Saturday, obviously, because we couldn't go out because we're under level three lockdown, had a couple mm-hmm. of nice. Um, Bruce and I, I watched that game, and you know, apart from that goal, the Phoenix did dominate that match. Brendan, I felt uh, Libby Kadachi. Now, this guy, we speak about Sarpreet Singh, how outstanding he is. I, I believe he, he's on the same level, not if, if not better. He was the, he was the man from the, from that left wing, left back position that was creating stuff. Oh yeah! Oh, absolutely! And uh, and and uh, and as I say, this season I suppose to some degree has to be consigned to the past, <laughs> and it, it it has been very very difficult for the Phoenix, and I think they've done you know fabulously well you know doing what they've done under the, under, under the extreme circumstances and uh, oh yeah, hopefully and, and and I really do like the cut of the. Um, 
I've always I always struggle to say his name without uh, getting into Father Jack, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess hey, uh, we're only competing against Ashley. We're not competing against the Prime Minister. So there's no, just to let people know that might be listening. There's nine new COVID cases. Eight. Eight cases, one probable, but that, that's the sort of stuff I do on the sports show. I, I, I multitask, Brendan, as, oh, as, 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 as you might think. But getting back, uh, Ufe, Uf, Tale, Tale is the coach, <laughs> and I think what he what he's actually done is he, he's really... One of the things I've really enjoyed about what he's done is they've played a nice style of football, and it, the, the encouraging the encouragement to me is the way he's bringing some of those New Zealand players through. It's like we, we saw, obviously, Libby Kadachi, but we saw uh, Wehongi Hudson have a play at centre-back. And this young fella, from, I believe he's from Paul Eiffel's Academy, Callum Elliott, he made some really great runs down, down from right back and he really gave us a, a bit of a... Uh, at least, you know, it gave us a bit of hope. And I'll tell you something, that, that's good for New Zealand football to see these guys coming through. It's not just good for New Zealand football, it's it's vital for New Zealand football that we keep a presence in the A-League and we keep a substantial presence in the A-League. And hopefully when this horrid virus is over, we can, we can get the boys back home uh, and have a really solid season next year. And look, I, I, I'm probably as optimistic about the Phoenix uh, as I have been for a long time. And... Um, so so let's let let's just roll on next year and COVID go home. Yeah, well, I hate to say, Brendan, we have to without putting it down. I think it's going to be around for a good year or so now, by by, by the looks of it. But these are the, this is this is our new reality now. We better mm. go and talk about. What about the um, Sevilla coming from behind in the thriller to beat um, Antonio yeah, Conte match? Actually, yeah, oh, it's I was it. I was actually happy that Sevilla won because obviously um, Milan have three um, ex- Manchester United rejects, Lukaku, um, <laughs> Young, and, um, and of course the biggest waste of money ever. Lukaku? Sanchez. No, no, Lukaku was okay. Sanchez, oh, goodness gracious. The sooner Manchester United can get, release him and take him off that paper, we, and we'll be able to get someone big. To, you know, since a good good player that we can have, but also we might as well talk about about your favourite part of the season, no. Scottish Premier League. Scottish Premier League. bet Dundee um, over the weekend one 0 uh, So I do keep track of uh, Scottish Premier League. I always make sure so people that say that I don't give them a good plug. Too bad. And obviously the noisy. <laughs> The, the, the rivals from um, the other part of Glasgow, Glasgow Rangers, their top. Uh, next up, are, next up are Hibs, and in the newly promoted side, Ross County of Food, uh, Celtic are fourth, but they've got two games in in hand. Oh, so absolutely. Were you, were, you, were you quite impressed with my knowledge on on Scottish Premier League? Look, look, I'm just blo- I'm just blown away. I'm just absolutely blown away. But the um, most 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 of the fun and games. Well, well, yeah, yeah. Rangers beat Kilmarnock two 0 to stay top of the league. But as you, as you correctly said, they're Celtic have two games in hand. But the most of the banter and laughter and hilarity has come off the pitch uh, this week with um, Glasgow Rangers signing signing a kit deal with Andy Murray's um, company uh, 
Castor, who've never done football game before, and uh, the, 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 the Half of the stuff was made in Turkey. Some of it was made in China. Uh, the, the, the different qualities, the labels have been coming off in the wash. They've been spelling the names wrong on the back. And the, the best bit was they've actually spelt the names of the players wrong as well. So you'd hate to have a very, a very embarrassing there. Hey, just quickly, um, obviously, uh, you're, in a few weeks' time, we'll have uh, the, which I believe, the, the, the best league of the world, the Premier League, coming back. I know this will get a rise out of you, but we'll obviously we'll cover that. But obviously, some problems at um, problems at Manchester City. Guardiola still hasn't decided to. He's he's playing games with them. They're looking at Pochettino to take over of Guardiola. Then they're also talking about. Lionel Messi, because Barcelona have signed Mr. Koeman from uh, from the Dutch national side to take over Barcelona, and Lionel Messi could be heading towards the Premiership with Manchester City. What's your views on that? Oh yeah, there's all sorts. This time of the year, you know, the tabloids actually lose the run of themselves because there's no, they, they, there's no football in England. So what they do is they they get their typewriters out and they get heavily influenced by Hans Christian Andersen. Uh, I, <laughs> 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 and you know yourself, Damon. It's, it's it's the same every year, and and until you actually see it, like. Uh, Lionel Messi going to Manchester, not for me. Uh, but um, <laughs> it probably doesn't but, have know, the same attraction as um, Barcelona <laughs> or the climate either. <laughs> no, 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 no. Manchester, where uh, you know, they say about the climate in Manchester. Uh, no, no, no. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I've got relatives from Manchester. I've got a, someone in their family. So just, just be careful. You're walking a very, very tight line at the moment, with these. And I don't think Paul's from. I don't think Paul's in the studio from Manchester. But if he is, we okay. You can make my rest of rest of the eighty minutes of the show a, a very miserable time. So be careful. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 but it's, it's well known that, that Manchester, the climate is very, very wet. It rains a lot. And uh, I, I was talking to a fella from Manchester, and I said, you know, what, what do you, you know, how do you put up with the climate? He says, he says, in Manchester, he says, it rains for nine months of the year and drips off trees for the other three months. <laughs> <laughs> very good. As per usual, as per usual. That, that was more of a Yorkshire accent, actually. <laughs> no, 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 no. I want to hear your accent. Enough of you, McNeese. I have to say, I don't know whether it's a pleasure talking to you at times. And, I'm, and obviously, I'm a bit concerned when we think, when the old firm derby's on with what condition Ooh. you will be to come on the show. So I'm not going to let you talk on that. But I am going to say, um, first of all, Brendan, uh, great hearing from you. Take care. Hopefully, hopefully the levels change later today. But um, obviously, it's up to our... Uh, our friends in Parliament down the road from you. So you have a good rest of the week and we'll, we'll catch up on Monday. Catch you later, you're a, Brendan. You're a good man. Good man, Eamon. All Jeez, the best, I, I love it where you lie. See you, bye. <laughs> <laughs> See you,
That was the weekend with Blinding Light. And next on the show, obviously, uh, we can obviously with myself doing the show from um, the old pe- the old penthouse here. I cannot actually, we can't have two guests at a time. But for, unfortunately, Mark Watson can't join us this week. Hopefully, if we're under level two next week, we'll be able to have both Sean and Mark. But let me introduce the the Silver Tongue, Silver Fox, as per usual, motorsport guru Sean Summerfield. How are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm good, mate. If that introduction gets any longer, mate, we're done. We won't have any time to talk about sport. But keep it coming. What? I, th- I thought we were talking about other things, or music, <laughs> and feelings, and, yeah. and, you know, how life is. Anyway, hey, tell you what, this morning I was watching a bit of the... Obviously, I've been working from home, but I had, had the old TV on, looking at a bit of Champions League, looking at a bit of... And looking at the Indy in, 500 from the Brickford. Bit of tragedy for Scott... Dixon's 111 laps, finishes second. Yeah, quite incredible. He did everything um, to, to be the winner. He was denied. There was a crash five laps from the end, and it meant yeah. the race finished under the safety yeah. car. He said, hey, look, I would have liked to have had it finish as a race. They could have red flagged and done a restart, which they have done before. Um, 
for what is, I mean, look, to put, I've, I've been lucky enough to be at, at the Indy 500, uh, close to 400,000 fans at the race. This place is huge, Eamon. There's 11 holes of the golf course are, are in the infield, along with everything oh, wow. else that's there. Um, when the cars come past you, um, the first time, and I, you know, I've, I've spent you know almost 20 years covering motorsport, um, yeah. used to fast cars, I actually stopped breathing. When they come on the straight, they're touching 400 kilometres an hour. Oh when you goodness. see their, when they, they measure their, um, their laps, you'll hear them talk about, oh, that lap was at 221 or whatever. That means they average 221 miles an hour for that lap. Um, remember, 180 is 300 k's an hour. That just gives you an idea of how quick they're going. And um, But Scott Dixon, you know, and he, he actually has become led more laps than any 500 than anyone else, uh, also than the likes of AJ Ford and Mario Andretti. Um, during that race, so he, he broke, you know, more ground in his position. He's the greatest driver currently driving. Takuma Sato, and I've got to say, I watched him in Formula One for a In the yep. past, Takuma, if there was a crash, Takuma was usually involved. He seemed cursed, you could argue, at times, Formula One or in um, IndyCar, and Scott actually felt his wrath before, or he's felt the wrath, Takuma felt his wrath after they crashed. But um, I've got to say, Takuma did um, everything right to hold on, and Scott was full of praise for him. But, uh, you know, just to, it was so eerie, though, watching this race. No one was there, and it is such an incredible event. And even if you don't give a damn oh, about brilliant. motorsport, it is awesome. Mate, I've been on the grid just for the race with the anthem playing. We managed to blag our way on and stay there with the team as the, the oh fighter jets flew over, and it was one of those great occasions. But uh, I really, I actually was already thinking, what am I going to, you know, social media post about Scott? I had it written, ready to go. Luckily, I didn't post it. But uh, hopefully this next year. is 40 now, though, but he's, then again, Takuma's 43. I have to say, Sean, you know, he, he has been, you know, obviously we spoke about it, even though he's, He's not driven in Formula One, but he has been a real. He's been a real motor motorsport legend in this country, and you can put him up with the names like, like the Denny Holmes, the Bruce McLaren, the Chris Amons. Um, you, you know, you'd have to. He he would have to be in in that group. Oh, he is at a, a level, and if you look at all the lists of of people, they do polls. Auto sport and all these people, drivers who should have been in Formula One that weren't. He's always on the list, and he's always in the top five or top ten. And, um, you know, I've heard uh, uh, people, you know, you hear people talking Formula One. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day with Tom Clarkson. He actually said that, uh, you know, Scott Dixon is one of the top drivers that, that should have been given a crack. Things sort of conspired against him that he didn't. And he had a test with Williams and stuff like that. But he yeah. he really, and his arguments are that his times were, were quicker than than he was told, and he was maybe, you know, ripped off a little bit. But, look, he has made a phenomenal career in IndyCar. Um, yes. You know, he, it's, he, he is. And these guys, I mean, the speeds they're going and what they do is, is just inc- incredible, and no one looks down at, at IndyCar. Would he have succeeded in Formula One? The people that know say, of course, he would have. I don't think he should worry about it now. He's, he's yeah. had his Le Mans success. He's done a lot of great things. So, um, 
you know. But it's uh, yeah, it's one of those things you just you're just going to wonder. But he is um, not just one of our greats, arguably our greatest. Um, he is also one of uh, the greats. I mean, only Foyt and Andretti are ahead of him on the all-time winners list in America. And, and, and that and that's big, co- and that is really, really big company. And especially when you look at, especially in the United States, like this, uh, people, yeah, people don't realise that there's probably, in some cases, more people will, will view the Indy 500 than your normal Formula One race. Hey, just while we're here, Scott McLaughlin uh, had a win over the weekend at uh, and and on the supercars. Um, were yeah, you able we to catch up with that? More than just a win, mate. He cleaned up. It's, it's, it's sort of the day of the great Scots, isn't it? Scott McLaughlin, Scott Dixon. Um, yeah, that's yeah. And, and you know, the crazy thing is, that Scott, during the, the lockdown, they're having the virtual series, he he's obviously done some testing with IndyCar, with Penske, um, who, by the way, Penske owned the Indy 500 racetrack, <laughs> Roger Penske. Yes, um, yes. So they... Um, they uh, and Scott was quite successful in the virtual races they did and everything, and it would have been awesome to see. Imagine if he was at the Indy 500, but no, oh, Scott McLaughlin is, is yeah. an absolute class act, and he did it again, and, you know, he just, the typical Scott, he just stood up, stood up and said, oh, mate, it's, my car's wonderful. Yeah, well, he, he's just he's you, just mate. been brilliant, Sean. He's just been yep. absolutely brilliant during the season, and obviously we've got a few more rounds to go within within the supercars, and he looks on course to win another to win another supercars um, another supercars title. I'll let you know what I done over the weekend, yeah, and I, f- I think I split you an email. I actually watched the netball, the final, the <laughs> tactics. I'm for goodness, Mark Watson isn't here. He'd be berating me. No, he wouldn't, Mark wouldn't. But yeah. really, really, fant- they probably had less than a hundred people there. But the and the noise that was made out of those fans was it was amazing. But really, really, thoroughly enjoyed. It. I have to say, these these young women, you know, really enjoyed it. There was this young young lady in the um, central pole side, and she's one uh, one for you know netball fans and to have a look at. Maddie Gordon, she was the player of the match. You reminded me of so much. You may, you may remember Sandra Edge, uh, yep. a, a former. So just, just the way she dominated. That, this is, I'm putting on my nipple hat and no, and no laugh. You know, it, both sets of shooters that had had very had the same percentage in shooting, but it was where the pulse won. It was around that midcourt area where they made a number of crucial turnovers and a number of crucial interceptions. And Maddie Gordon was involved in most of this. You, you know, if you do get a chance to watch it, Sean, and just have a, keep an eye on this young lady. And I have to say, both sets of captains, the way they spoke, was absolutely brilliant. And you know, it, it really was. I really enjoyed watching it. Well, Maybe you, you know, can, can I, I? I know you're on a roll there, mate. I'm just going to stop you. You know, and, and I'm going to sound like like Mr. Watson for a moment here. Professional isn't a paycheck, it's an attitude. And I covered netball, I've covered com games, I've covered world champs. And netballers don't earn like the, the footy players, like their male counterparts. They should. Um, they often hold down in tough jobs, they're mums, they do all sorts of things. And their commitment and attitude is phenomenal. And it makes, to me, they feel like more real people. And 
It's a shame there wasn't a lot of people there. I was I used to MC the games for the uh, the Southern Sting or back back years ago, and um, yep. it was amazing being part of that and um, time with the Rebels uh, in Dunedin way back in '98. And being at a netball game, it is just phenomenal. It is the athleticism, the speed, the and the TV does a great job, but it doesn't do netball justice. And at the level these, these, these women are playing, it is phenomenal. And I have no, no shame in saying that I'm quite happy to, to go to any netball game. And I was lucky enough to get paid to go and do it. I would have bought tickets. And, you know, it's, it's, it is phenomenal. And what the tactics have done this year, what's happened to Canterbury netball and the way the team have all dug in and all got to work and actually held their organisation together... It would have been an amazing fairy tale, but then the Pulse, who were the easy beats for so many years, from yep. Coke Cup and through ANZ, for them to win a back-to-back, just phenomenal. Yep. Okay, I've just seen something on the TV. Okay, I better... I've just seen something about... Okay, anyway, Sean, I have to say <laughs> that... Well, I don't want to know what you're watching. No, no, no. I'm actually, I'm actually keeping an eye on the news because it's a very important day for the country, Mr Summerfield. Well, it's, it is, it's, it is indeed. It's three o'clock, isn't oh, it? It's the real... It's, you know, there's a lot of... This decision, you know, it, it's going to mean... It means so... You know, we, we're talking about sports when probably people, are, you know, under this lockdown, I've got other things to speak about. You know, your small business owner, person wondering to know if, if they're going to have a job... You know, yeah. Obviously, let's hope for the let's hope for the best that, that we can go into level two here in Auckland. The rest of the country go to level one. It's, oh, look, um, be great. I, I thought you were going to say I'm just worried about this north south game. Um, but, but no, look, oh. I'm with you. And it, it's it's you know, it was 89 percent of uh, Auckland businesses are needing a subsidy. It's a bit of a it, it, you know, we've got to get on top of this and hope they can start running these flaming borders correctly and we can. We can yeah. enjoy the fact of what we made the sacrifice to, to have that freedom. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sean, it's been a pleasure speaking to you, as per usual. I'm going to wrap up the show for a minute to go. Um, just want to give a big thanks to Joe, to Joe Holstead, as, as studio manager, who was able to speak to the man in the studio, Paul Hannon, who has done an absolutely fantastic job. Um, and helping me get through the show today. It's really been much appreciated, Paul. I have to also thank everyone that has come on that has come on deck today in, in the extraordinary times. Bernie McCarhill, Frank Endicott, uh, Frank Endicott and uh, Brenda McNeese and, of course, Mr Sean Summerfield. Hopefully we're under level two. Uh, if not, we plan to be back uh, next week. So, yeah. so I just want to wish everyone all the best. Hopefully... As we await the Prime Minister's decision, and we will, um, and that, that